I was getting, I'm getting a lot of no letters. And I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome back and welcome into another episode and another season of the Shooters Touch podcast. I believe this puts us at season six. We're excited to be back. We're excited to sit down and talk with more coaches, more players, and just honestly, just a bunch of hoop heads that want to sit down and talk with us for an hour about basketball. We truly do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. We've learned a lot along the way. Uh, hopefully you have, you have as well uh, been with us on the journey and picked up some nuggets and learned a few things and had some fun and maybe a few laughs along the way. With that, we sat down and talked with new head coach, Courtney Henderson. He's not new to many of you, uh, obviously been in the profession for a long time, but new to Johnston. And so we talked about that change and that transition over to becoming a Dragon Talked a little bit about what their summer plans were and what he's excited about for this winter. It was a lot of fun to catch up and talk a little bit more with Courtney about all of his plans and his path to get to where he's at. And so we hope you enjoy this. As always, shooters shoot. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need- well, Coach Henderson, welcome to the Shooters Touch. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We're excited to have you, excited to learn a little bit more about your story. So after 14 years, does it feel weird to say Johnston head coach Courtney Henderson, or has this has it all sunk in yet? How, how are you feeling with the change? It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, but I'm excited. I mean, the community of Johnston has really been um, supportive these last couple of months. The kids just got to obviously got some talent. Um, it's a great community. So I'm excited about the opportunity. 14 years at Hoover has been fantastic, but um, change is not always a bad thing. Yeah, it definitely gives you an opportunity to kind of learn and grow. Um, I would imagine that just kind of getting yourself familiar with the district, although, you know, it's something you're not that far away, just, you know, a short 10-minute drive. But figuring out the kids, what you have, and building relationships, I would assume is probably priority number one for you here in the first couple months. No question about it. Just building relationships with the, not only just not only the players, but the community as a whole. Um, I think that's one of my huge things that I try to do with with being a coach is developing relationships with my players and with community and with parents and other coaches and staff or whatnot. So it's been it's been definitely interesting. It's definitely been fun developing new relationships because, I mean, I've been around the Des Moines area, obviously, for a while. So I know I know some people in the Johnston community as already. Um, but getting to know more people has been fantastic. 
And so what does summer look like for you guys? Uh, is it something that you guys have some leagues or you're doing some team camps or what, uh, what, what has the summer look like uh, already? And what, what do you have planned? Well, we opened up with a few of our youth camps. We had a uh, third through fifth youth camp two weeks ago. And then last week we had six through eight youth camp. And it's a great opportunity again, to develop those relationships with community. So that's been fun. And we've, uh, we actually did a, t a team camp with high school this past weekend at Central uh, College in Pella. So um, pretty good, good, good competition there. And it was our first time out together. And um, it was interesting. And we, we played well. We, we did some good things. And obviously, we did some things that we need to work on. So right now, that's that. We'll probably head to, not probably, but we'll head to Norwalk at the end of the week and um, kind of do a two-team scrimmage there. I've seen a lot of those scrimmages kind of popping up here this summer, both on the boys and the girls' side. It seems like a really good opportunity to get in the gym on a Saturday um, or whatever day yeah. kind of works here in the summer and just get some high-level basketball in and get – Get some yeah. instruction as well. It's nice to be able to play and to compete and to be able to have a different jersey on. But it's also nice to be able to like stop every ten minutes and be like, "Hey, we, you know, we gotta up this. We gotta do some things a little bit different." Yeah. And so I'd like, I'd like to see some more of that. Who's who's going down in Norway? Do you know who you're playing or who else will be there? Uh, I want to say Waukee Northwest would be down there. Norwalk, ourselves, and Roosevelt, I believe. Oh, so it's, it's it's we're gonna. It's becoming it's becoming one of those things in the summer that us coaches that kind of know each other, familiar with each other, maybe get two two to three, maybe four teams together, um, pay some officials and get up and down and let the guys get after it a little bit. It's very yeah, cost friendly too. <laughs> it, well, it is, and that's the thing, and time friendly. You know, these yes, tournaments and, yes. and the camps are great, but it's like when you have two hours in between games or three hours sometimes, or a day, you know, you go play two and then you wait and you play two the next day. It's just, I don't know. It's, there's just something about being able to get in and, you know, compete yeah. for three hours, play three teams and, and, you know, get out of there. And so it is a cool way of doing it. I'm sure some of the camps and some of the people around here don't want us to be promoting uh, doing some scrimmages that way. But yeah. 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 It, def it, it definitely will be uh, it's a good way. And it'll be interesting to see those are good teams too, for you guys to kind of, compare yourself and um see where you're at now as far as philosophy wise is this something like how what does that look like for you going into first figuring out what you have the pieces that you have and then adjusting obviously high school you coaches are adjusting all the time because your talent changes your um the things you're able to do changes and so what what do you see from yourself as far as slowly trying to implement a little bit of what we expect well, from Courtney Henderson teams over the years? What, what I've learned is that defense is your constant. Like you guys already know as being basketball players yourselves, that that's kind of a universal language for the most part. I mean, in terms of our philosophy, but offensively, it's kind of as a high school coach, you adjust to your talent. You know what I mean? You kind of get, you kind of deal with the hard cards you're dealt, so to speak. Obviously we go to some dribble drive stuff and we have a good guard play or then we, it just depends. It just depends. I'm, I'm getting to know these guys and, uh, I'm not going in with one way to implement our offense. We, we, I just want to cater to their skill set, if that makes sense. They're really, really guard heavy, um, but we got some inside guys too. So um, getting these guys in the gym is important this summer and kind of seeing what we got. That's definitely important, you know, for, you know, every, I, I feel like every basketball team, but for sure, if you have, you know, a new coach like yourself, a new staff coming in, 
um, and getting that, uh, you know, time with those guys and, and, you know, time to implement whatever you want to implement at that point. Um, I, speaking of that, that, I mean, coaching staff, um, you know, we talked, uh, here before we start here about, um, your assistant coach, Justin Ruddy, my manager, you and I, my video coordinator, you and I, and as we talked about kind of Mr. Everything up there for us, uh, way back when I was playing, um, at you and I, you mentioned you're bringing him with you. Uh, what does he, what does he bring to the table as far as a coach, as far as an individual, as far as a basketball mind for you? Adam, you know what? I got to go back a little bit. Cause he's always, he always shares, um, Adam these stories with our players in terms of how he used to rebound for you. <laughs> and he didn't have to go far because you made a lot of shots yeah. and you didn't miss for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that, um, Ruddy brings to the table that going coming under McDermott and Jacobson is obviously they they are very very good coaches at, at the high level um, and some of the things that we implement at our level comes from them to be truthfully um, we do a lot of things that McDermott did at you and I with you guys and um, Jacobson then so um, he's brought a lot to the table a lot of experience especially some of the defensive concepts that they use and some of the offensive stuff as well so it's, it's it's definitely been a treat to have him on staff with me the last 14 years he must have uh he must have told all the stories about the good days that i had because there were some there were some <laughs> days i feel like he was sweating after our workouts too because he's running across the court <laughs> and everything like that but um uh you know you're exactly right and i you know just even with me coaching my son coaching youth hoops and stuff like that i drew so much from the you know the knowledge of coach McDermott the knowledge of coach Jacobson um just just overall philosophies the way they look at the game of basketball and you know obviously you come from a different different coaching tree a different playing playing um career obviously and stuff like that so bringing those two together I would assume would be a good thing you know have more Mm -hmm. of of a repertoire or more ammo I guess you would say on the offensive defensive end as well yeah because it's it's one of those things you know playing at UNI that Jacobson and those guys, they 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 change up and cater to their personnel. I mean, they have a certain kid they recruit in, obviously, in college or whatnot, but they they do a really, really nice job of centering their offensive concepts around their personnel and the guys they recruit. So we try to do some of the same thing on a much smaller scale, obviously. So um, so far, it, it, it did us a good job at Hoover. I mean, we had some success um, doing things that way. Well, let, let me ask real quick. So you've been how much how much has the game changed for you since obviously your playing days, but even for you, you know, being in the game coaching for as long as you have been, how much how much has the philosophy or the style? Obviously, the three has changed considerably. But uh, what do you think? I know you say you hang your hat on defense as every good coach should. But what what how much changes have you seen over the years? Honestly, this last probably two or three years, there's been a large push with DHOs and ball screens the last five, I'll say five to 10 years. I mean, you you just seen people really, really utilize the ball screen and dribble drive actions. Very rarely do you see um, kind of like when I was back in high school and even when I was in college, kind of a two in, three out concept. I mean, it's really a four out, five out concept these days. I mean, to shoot the three and get up and down and run DHOs and um, ball screens so um and defensively you don't see as much zone as you used to um I think a lot of people are run, running the pack line defense especially in the midwest um so um I, I would say those are probably the two biggest things that I've seen in terms of change the last probably 10 to 15 years 
well, I should say five to ten years, I should say. Yeah, it feels like it's it feels like it's been recent. Um, obviously the game from the from the back to the basket posts. I mean, that feels maybe yeah. like ten year window to a little bit more of a face up, but um the game has changed incredibly uh over the last five years i i would agree and it seems like it seems like it's almost now year to year like just the style and the way that things operate are, are so different and so with that let's go back so originally grew up in waterloo correct tell us a little bit about correct. what childhood was like um for you and what role sports and maybe basketball specifically kind of played in your childhood growing up well, growing up in Waterloo, it was it definitely had its challenges. Going from a single parent, um, single mom, um, it was just kind of me and my brother playing for Waterloo East. So we we definitely had our challenges. Um, but even when, but I will say this: back in the '90s, when I was growing up, um, there were more. There were honestly some really quality families and uh, some quality things around that kind of steered us in the right direction. And my mom, I thought, did a really, really good job of letting us kind of experience. <laughs> our neighborhood, but not experience our neighborhood too much, if that makes sense. Um, but Waterloo definitely shaped and molded me into the, to the guy I am today. So how about athletics? Uh, where did, where did, where did those come into play? I'm assuming, you know, from the time you could maybe pick up a basketball, but was it, was it only hoops? Um, was it other sports for a certain amount of time? What did, what did that look like when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I actually played football. I was, I played quarterback at East as well. And that dang sure um, helped me develop some toughness, develop some conditioning, and allow me to introduce myself to the weight room. Because back then, the weight room is not like it, it wasn't a big thing like it is today. Um, but football introduced me to the weight room, and that actually carried over in college and basketball and whatnot. So I had my ups and downs in college. I'll tell you that, guys. Um, I started off at Southeast. I don't even go through that whole story, but I started off at the junior college ranks, um, ended up going down to Southern got into some some trouble and didn't want to play anymore and some things but it worked out i ended up getting into the pre-draft camp in, in um chicago didn't go so well but um i had some opportunities to go overseas but 9 11 happened and my mom wow. was just like that was just not a good situation at home mom's just like she didn't want me to go overseas at that right. point and my younger brother mike had uh signed with iowa at the time i think he was committed to iowa state at the time so i knew he would be playing. So I decided to go down to Southern and be a grad assistant where I played at. So that's how I kind of got into coaching. That's kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, uh, where, hold on real quick. Where, where, where overseas, uh, what, what opportunities do you, what was available? Cyprus, Greece. Okay. Greece. Greece. Yeah. I don't even know if they even play over there. anymore. But at that time, <laughs> actually, um, Daryl Armstrong had, played he was um I played oh, yeah. over there and I had my agent um I don't know if you guys remember Daryl Armstrong mm -hmm. that played oh, yeah. the, the magic in the magic. day and my agent um kind of hooked was going to hook me up with Cypress Greece and we I knew nothing about it and my mom obviously didn't either she was just not she was not on board with 9-11 yeah. just happening so I opted to go back to school and get my degree and end up being student assistant then I went to grad assistant and that's how I got into coaching and so how long were you down there then as a grad assistant? Uh, three years. I started off as a student assistant. Okay. Uh, once I got my degree, I went to grad assistant for uh, two years. Gotcha. So three, three years total. And what years were those? I graduated with my master's in 2006. So yeah. 
We made it to the NCAA tournament and played against Duke in 2009. I, 2000, Nine. I'm sorry, 2000. No, 2000. I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, my, it all runs together. It, it had to be 2004, 2005. Okay. Maybe? So we're talking some we're talking some good Southern teams then. That that yeah, defense yeah, that we're, we're the good, defense man. that I hated, that defense. Yeah, but I tell you what, when we uh it was a different animal when you play against a team and you get a 16 seed and you play against a team like Duke. Yeah, <laughs> that had right. JJ Reddick and uh <laughs> Sheldon Williams, I think. Is that sound right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that would have been time. those guys. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. And we were playing them, and we, and we played them in Greensboro, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's... um, but yeah, Southern has some really, really good teams. I mean, coaching at that level is, is kind of hit and miss, but um, Rob Spivery, who I was under at that time, was a really, really good coach down there. That's great. That's great. And getting your, getting your feet wet with a coach like that, um, with a good coach, obviously helps you as a coach now um but if we could bring it uh all the way back to waterloo we we talk about in the pod all the time you know how kids and you know just just bringing a basketball to a park with a hoop and you know meeting your friends there and playing we don't think that kids could do that nowadays um was there was there a park or was there um you know a place that that you and the buddies met and just hey we're meeting here at this time every wednesday we'll say and we're just gonna hoop where where was that in waterloo Gates Park, legendary park in Waterloo. Um, there were times or Sundays where a friend of mine used to just bring his DJ equipment up there and just whip it out. And we just get up and down for about four hours. But eventually things got a little too rough and we stopped doing it. But yeah, Gates Park was legendary. We had some really, really, really good competitive games there. Um, and it was a lot of fun playing on concrete. I can't believe I could, you can throw a, a concrete game on me now or a game outside now. But back then, I mean, it just that's just what we did because we didn't have access to gyms like the kids do today. So, and I'm all for a change or whatnot, but it doesn't, it, it can't take away from the opportunities that we had when we were growing up because it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Remember a lot of guys burning out knees though. I'll tell you that. Oh, man. Concrete. You, uh, we're, we're talking about playing on concrete and my knees hurt just talking about it. Yeah. 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 But somehow we made it work. Yep. Yep. Well, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that, uh, you played a little football as well. Um, and that got you into, you know, weights in the weight room, which, which obviously, you know, as, as we all know, as basketball players helps you on the court too. And so was football ever a thing? Was that just a way to kind of, Hey, this is either a way to pass time or either a way to kind of stay in shape for basketball or was basketball always, always the go-to basketball was kind of always the go-to but football I was I was a decent football player I'll I'll be honest um but we weren't very good (laughs) in high school but um but we were we were pretty good we used to probably in the 90s was known as being a pretty good pretty competitive program so basketball has kind of always been first in our household and um yeah it's it's always kind of been the guy in our household makes a lot of sense to me makes a lot of sense to me um uh when we're talking about your high school career on the on the court um are we talking about coming in freshman year as a starter what did those what did those first couple years in high school look like for you um at that time we had some really really good guards uh coming in my freshman year um so i got moved up to sophomore 
Um, Cedric Robinson, I don't know if you guys remember that name, but um, I think he want to say he played at UNR. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought that name sounded familiar, to be honest. Yeah, Cedric Robinson. He was he was there. He was a senior my freshman year, and they had a, some really good guards. But by the time I was a sophomore, I was fortunate enough to get moved up and play alongside him. Um, so I played varsity for three years. Very cool. Very cool. What uh, what what did the scouting report say about Courtney Henderson in high school? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. I mean, we were kind of rambunctious group. I'll tell you that. We got after it a little bit. But I was always one of the ones that one of the few guys that at East at the time that could shoot a little bit. Um, so definitely the scouting report probably read that he's kind of a skinny, wiry guy, but he shoots a lot of threes. <laughs> Well, they're uh, worth more than two, so I understand that. I get that. Um, yeah. uh, how about, uh, you know, if we're moving towards uh, that graduation date, um, what did what did uh, recruiting look like for you? What was the recruiting, I guess, maybe cycle looking like for you at that point? It was really, really slow because I, I didn't get my ACT score. And honestly, I, I just – I didn't take basketball series as I should have. So I ended up going to Southeastern Community College in Burlington. And at that time, going to Southeastern was a big deal because um, junior college was, it was no prep school. So junior colleges, Division One junior colleges were the prep schools and they got major, major talent there. I want to say Lee Malin is another, is a name you guys may recognize that was down there at the time. He ended up playing for the Knicks, but Indian Hills was really, really good at that time. They probably had four or five Division One guys. So I ended up going down to Southeastern and it worked out well, but I ended up um, transferring out of there and going to John A. Logan in uh, Carbondale, Illinois, um, where I was uh, getting recruited by Iowa State actually with Tim Floyd. And that was when things kind of went south for me. And I thought I didn't want to work hard. I found out that you really, really had to work hard to play at that level. And I was tired of my chest burning and my legs tired. And I thought I wanted to just go to school and get my education. So long, make a long story short, that's, just what, that's when I went down to Southern and was a walk-on. And um, things ended up working out pretty well. I was all confidence down there and got into one of the pre-draft camps, like I told you. And um didn't go so well at the pre-drive camp, but I had some opportunities to go overseas. And that's how that story came in with my mom and not going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So looking, did doing some looking here real quick. It looks like 2006 would have been the year that you would have matched up with uh, Duke in the first round. Um, I thought so. Yep. 2006. Looks like they thumped you out a little bit. 70-54. Oh, yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> it, it was, it was a... Yeah, it's, it was behind the woodshed. They took us behind the woodshed and bumped us pretty good. It was fascinating, though, because I remember seeing the first couple possessions. I was like, no way that these guys can play this hard the entire game. I just remember the pressure that they put on the ball and how hard they turn the corner and getting downhill and how hard they post every single possession. And it was just like an eye-opener, like, wow. It was just... And Adam, you know, playing at that level, um, how hard. And it's sometimes you can't just you can't explain to my. I try to explain to my kids how hard it, they play at that level, and it's just it's hard to put into words. You know, my son's getting a dose of that now at Montana. He's just like, Dad. He called me the other night. He was just like, Man, Dad, they beat me up tonight. I can't lie. <laughs> I'm like, Buddy, I tried to tell you. It's it's yeah. it's it's a different animal playing at the Division One level. <laughs> it really, truly is. 
that uh, intensity from high school to college. Um, and then not to mention, you know, not everybody likes to talk about this, but like from a mid-major to like a Duke or, you know, a blue blood, oh. um, the athleticism is just insanely, insanely greater. Um, you know, but, but that experience, you know, we're talking about your son and I'll never forget that, that, that first week or two at UNI, those practices, I'm just like, yes. what, what is happening to me right now? Yes. Yes. And I don't think people understand the size mm -hmm. of guys, you know, because when going to a couple tryouts or whatnot, seeing guys that six, seven, six, eight, and they going eight for 10 from the three, nine for 10 from the three, it's just like, Jesus. This, this guy is 6'8", 215, and he the ball leaves his hand like it's, it's with feathery touch. You know what I mean? Yep. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 yep. it's almost like the land of the freaks, you know? It's just, it's, I, you can't explain and describe how good and how talented some of the players are at that level, you know? Um, and that's why I, it's funny, you, see, you go to these AAU tournaments, and you see all these parents thinking that their son's, and daughters are these division one guys. And I'm like, oh my God, let's just, let's just get through, let's get through middle school first. <laughs> Pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, it's not that easy. Well, and I think too, one of the biggest things is it's just no days off either. Like it's one of those things where high school, like you can kind of skate through a game, a practice or whatever. You get to the next level, it doesn't matter what level, like it, it's no days off. Like every day you have to come with it and practice. Every day you have to show up. I mean, it is not just like, ah, eh, we don't play again until Friday. I'm just going to put it in cruise control. Like, right. mm -mm, you're going to get your absolutely teeth kicked in if that's the case. Yeah, that, that's funny you say that because that's one of the reasons why I made the worst decision in my life by walking out on a full ride scholarship is that I, I didn't think I wanted to take the abuse. I thought, I thought about when I was 40, 50 years old, I wanted to have my knees. I wanted to have my hips, you know, because the body's not designed to take that pounding you know but lo and behold I, I loved it too much and I, I here I am coaching it now I never thought in a million years I'll be a, a coach <laughs> so yeah no that's uh those are great that's uh that's a good story so so then take me a little bit on this journey after Southern then how did you ultimately find because you ended up coaching at West I know as well and so what yes. was the journey back to Iowa what did that look like I had an opportunity at a, a fairly young age at the time. I think I might have been 26, 27. Um, and then back then in Iowa, it was, it was a rarity to find a coach that young. Not saying that that's young now. I mean, that's not young now. But I had an opportunity to go to Waterloo West, who was the rival of my high school, um, at a young age and be a head coach. And I, I jumped right on it. And it was an opportunity to go home and make a difference in the community uh, that I grew up in. And um, I accepted it, obviously, and worked for a very, very good AD. He was a great guy, um, Jeff Frost. So it was a great experience for me, and it was a great opportunity that introduced me to being a head coach. And how many years were you at West? Three years. Three years, Three years. at West? Yep. And then, then obviously, I believe it was 2009 when the yep. Hoover opportunity came available for you. Um, what was the biggest reason for the change to come and at, getting over this way to the Des Moines area? At the time, it was getting my family here because my wife at the time didn't have a job. and She couldn't get a job in Waterloo. She was in Alabama at the time. So, um, and my youngest son, Chase, oh, at the time, it was my youngest son, Chase. I was trying to get him here and the market in Des Moines was a lot more 
there was a lot more job availability. Obviously, the market was better. So she had an opportunity to get a job here. And so lo and behold, Hoover opened up. So that's kind of how that worked. She got a job here and um, I applied for Hoover and the rest is history, so to speak. Yeah. So then 14 years uh, as a Hoover Husky, what do you remember about coming into Hoover and a little bit of your thought philosophy um, as far as what you wanted to do and implement as you, you know, start to rebuild the program at Hoover? You know what? At the time, I can't take the credit for that. I, it wasn't a rebuild job. It was, um, they had just won the state title in 2006. Is that right? Oh, was it? Yeah, it was sick. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. 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 So two, um, two years after. Yeah. And they were, um, they were pretty competitive before that. They were obviously on top of the Metro um, and really, really competitive in the CIML as a whole. So um, I, I can't say there was a rebuilt job, um, but I knew it was an opportunity to, to step into a program that was not a rebuild program like Waterloo West was. Um, and it had some talent. And, and Z Xanders did a really, really good job of uh, leaving the shelves uh, full when I got there. I knew coming in that, that we had some talent, but I knew I had to implement my, my system and it was going to be a tough one following up a coach like Xanders as well as Bobby Sanchez. And um, it, had his, it had his challenges. Um, selling the kids on our new style because we kind of more of a disciplined style defensively, which is kind of tough adjustment for high school kids. But they made the adjustment and we did some decent, we did some pretty good things there in our 14 years, I think. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that sentiment there. Uh, yeah, so taking a look back here, you're right. So 2006, uh, so about the time you were you were uh, getting kicked around by JJ Reddick, they were cutting down the net, um, getting state yeah, championship yeah. in two thousand six. <laughs> right, um, right. You know? right. Yeah. So obviously that was like you said that was something too that a change definitely different, but the pieces were there. It's just a matter of uh, kind of putting them all together. You know, you being one of those pieces as well, and kind of figuring out. Um, whether, whether it was at Waterloo or whether it was at Hoover, did you have that moment of like, welcome to the first chair where maybe something hit you or something happened in a game or a practice or something that you, uh, weren't, weren't quite prepared for that, uh, you still remember that oh, yeah. kind of shapes you to, the way, to make sure that it doesn't happen again? No question about it. Uh, coach Brad Bjorken at Irvingdale, he <laughs> gave me a whooping. Um, he's currently at Simpson. Now, um, it was the first time we played Irvingdale. We were, I think we were, I can't recall. I think we might've had a loss, one loss at the time. And it was towards the end of the season. And um, Irvingdale Hoover had kind of been kind of a rivalry in the years past prior to that game anyway. But they whipped that ball from side to side and ran their motion offense so well. and shot the ball so well. The ball never touched the ground. Um, most, I mean, it was just a, a really good introduction of what CIML basketball at a high level is all about. And I'll tell you what, I went to, funny story, we went to Bebop's, my wife and family and I, which is right down the street, and I ordered probably four cheeseburgers and four fries, or two or three fries, and I asked my family, did they want anything? Because um, that, that was all for me. <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of whooping. My son tells me that story all the time. 
He's like, Dad, what got into you? Because usually you try to be somewhat healthy. Not that night. Um, oh, because they some comfort really, food at that time. Yeah, I needed some comfort food. So, yeah, that was kind of my wake-up moment in, in the CIML because I, I truly believe the CIML is one of the premier conferences um, in all the high school basketball in the state, I think. Um, it's definitely one of the more competitive conferences, I think, and it's great, great coaching. And that was my introduction. Yeah, there, everybody everybody has one of those where you're just like, okay, like I, I felt good. I felt confident going in. And then, yeah, someone hits you with a game plan or something you weren't ready for yeah. or a, a stylistic change that you weren't prepared for. And it's just like, okay, yep, now uh, make sure that that doesn't, that doesn't happen again. And so, as you mentioned, obviously kind of kept things rolling uh, with Hoover and uh, kept showing out and competing, like you said, in a competitive league. At the time, too, um, you know, for much of your years at Hoover, was in the much bigger CIML, obviously, in recent years with some changes. What what was it like getting the notice that uh, you guys were going to be jumping down to 3A here uh, going into last year? That had to have been felt a little weird, kind of spending your entire life in 4A and then having a chance to meet some new teams in 3A. Honestly, being in the building and being an educator as well, we see, we see it. We saw it in the hallways, in terms of numbers. We we saw it. I mean, Hoover's actually a three A school. I mean, it is. I mean, we have a high high ELL population, um, and the majority of the students are not athletes, and they don't come from athletic backgrounds. Um, let alone that the numbers drop drastically. I mean, our hallways are nothing like they were in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, I think. The graduating class this year was maybe 180. I mean, it's 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 the, the enrollment has dropped drastically. So um we kind of knew it, it was coming. I thought it was gonna come before it did, to be honest. Um, because after COVID, Hoover just got wiped out. To answer your question, yeah, we it was it was definitely an adjustment, but it was a much needed adjustment because the numbers just strips, they just simply weren't there. Um, we were to still competitive from a basketball standpoint, but when you think in other sports and the student body as a whole, it just wasn't fair. And 3A was, they, they, Hoover's definitely a 3A school. Well, that's got to be hard because they had some challenges with football, right? Where they were just, I yes. mean, just number wise, just not yes. having enough kids. And so that's, I mean, football is always the hardest one, obviously, but um, yeah, it's hard when you're, you're, enrollment's declining and then the number of athletes is also declining and then you're supposed to try to find a way to to be competitive um in a really competitive league it uh, definitely creates a little bit of a snowball effect um and an uphill uphill battle at that um walk me through coaching your son what was that like we we got a lot of coaches on here that had an opportunity to coach one of their kids in some way along the along the line and so uh what was that experience like uh for you it was probably one of the most challenging experiences of my coaching career. I'll be honest. Sounds about right. I don't, I, I'm not one of those coaches that it was a dream <laughs> come true. Um, it was, it was a challenge. It was cause it was the biggest challenge was to, for me to be, to turn off my coaching hat and be a dad at home. You know, that was probably the biggest challenge because, and I felt bad as, as probably especially his junior year. Cause it's just like, all right, Courtney, it's, it's time to turn off the coaching hat when you're, when you're at home and be a dad. Does that make sense? 
Oh yeah. And that 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 was that was the biggest challenge. And I felt that being a father was was second and it shouldn't have been, you know. And God bless him. I mean, he dealt with it great. Um, he obviously had a pretty good career at Hoover, but it was challenging and it was it was my it was me at fault the most. <laughs> It's uh, it's no easy task, and and that's for sure, especially at that level where you know you're you're competitive. Uh, you obviously want to win. This program is essentially a child in itself to you as well, and so it's kind of like you have two two kids that you're trying to balance yeah. between, and that balance is never is never easy. And then, like you said, when you get home, it's always like. You know, you kind of take the, you know, I love you for granted. Um, here's what we need right. to work on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so sometimes yes, the yes. first part gets forgotten and you jump right into here's what we need to work on. Um, right, right. And exactly. so that's that's the hardest part. But uh, yeah, I would say, you know, watching from afar and watching your guys and, and like you said, his career and what he was able to do, it definitely looked like uh, you guys were able to figure it out. And uh, as you mentioned, he's obviously out now in Montana and, have an opportunity to continue his career. So you guys must've done a few things right along the way to get an opportunity to play at the next level. That's for sure. I appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you. Um, I'm yeah. proud of him and I'm excited for him to uh, be out there. It's a beautiful campus, beautiful state. Um, and he's excited. I'm, I'm excited for him to, that he's able to continue playing basketball at a higher level. Yeah, it was good to see. And like Brian said, it, at least an outsider looking in, it looked like it was uh, it was smooth sailing. So um, that's not that's, at all. <laughs> and I, you know, I I know Brian's had the opportunity to coach coach uh, you know his daughter and you know daughters and sons coming up. And I coached my eight year old son, and I have problems with that too. So I can't even imagine doing it in high school. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah, but man. again, it was a it was a great experience. I will say that. But it's just that I wish I, if I could, I would have done some things differently um, had I had a chance to do it again. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. You talked a little bit about your brother, Mike. Um, what was what was that relationship like growing up? We're quite a bit of years apart. We're like six or seven years apart. So it was kind of like I was more not, I wouldn't quite say a father figure, but yeah, I kind of we growing up in a single parent home, I took on some of those responsibilities. So we we just we we were just close. We were just close. He was my younger, he was my baby brother, and um, I tried to do everything I can for him to avoid all the pitfalls that I <laughs> that I had. Um, and I was just proud of him when he was able to continue his basketball career as well and go on and play college basketball and be pretty successful i mean he definitely had his ups and downs like everybody else at that level but for the most part he came out with his degree and he to start four years in the big 10 is a big deal um it was it was proud of him he's currently in phoenix right now um working insurance so um i'm proud of him proud of him talk to him all the time so he was our age. So Adam and I, he would have graduated, this, right? Or was he a year older? No, he was our age. He's still oh, he's our age, age, right? Yeah. yeah. And yes. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just nasty. I ran into him a couple times at uh, Superstars uh, at the shootouts and stuff down here. Um, mm -hmm. And he uh, just putting the clamps on people. Like, it was yeah. ridiculous. And obviously then those Waterloo teams, 
that he was a part of was was a lot of fun to watch down state tournament too and so that had to have been something like you said there's enough of a gap there where i know you guys were competitive i know you guys got after it with each other but like you said almost more of a father kind of a mentor position for you to be able to kind of take some pride in ownership i would imagine in that run that he had with the trojans and then his time at iowa as well mm. it is because that particular team um had a lot of older brothers everybody had it seemed like everybody on the team had an older brother carlton reed had an older brother that came through Mylon moses had one obviously mike had one it was like a couple more um so we knew coming in that, that group was going to be pretty special just because they've been around it for so long. Yeah. Um, but it, and it was fun to watch. I don't because, think Mike was, go ahead. No, I was gonna say because those guys were tagging along to Gates Park or what was the deal? Yeah, yeah. yeah they had to be, yeah. Yes, they had to be. They, <laughs> they got beat up on quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and they ended up being bigger than all of us. <laughs> go figure that. But um, yeah, it was, it was definitely fun to watch. That was a really, really talented group. They might not have been the most disciplined group in the world, but they were just so much more faster and athletic than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So if you threw the ball out there, they were going to go get it. <laughs> oh, it was, I still remember, uh, I think it was the championship game against North Scott. And yep. they were, yeah, it's kind of run and jump defense. <laughs> and they got the they got their point guard. Uh, I don't know if he's listening. I think it was Scotty Braden um, into a half court trap and he spun middle literally three times in a row and Mikey was on the ball. He spun middle Mylan came around, poked it out, goes up. Um, I think he got two dunks in a row. And then I think the third one, his knee like kind of gave out and he kind of did one of those where he was like, had to lay it up there. <laughs> but I mean, it's literally yeah. the same play just over and over again. And that, that's just what those guys did. And then, you know, you, you, you got past somehow got past somebody that someone was there to help. And, um, obviously Carlton was such a lift on the offensive end too. Uh, they were just that those teams were a, a lot of fun to watch with obviously Mikey leading the way. That was, yeah. that was, a, those were fun teams. So I don't, I don't know if you can get away with those principles these days, <laughs> back then, I tell you what, um, if you were quicker and faster and more athletic than everybody else, you could have a lot of success back then. Well, wow. and then too, uh, playing in your guys' gym there in, in Waterloo, I know when I was at Warburg, we came over for one of the West games just to take in the experience and what it was like and just so much mm -hmm. fun. Like it was just a, a fun place to play and everybody was was getting after it and the players like fed off of off of that as well. And so it was a neat environment. Obviously, like you said, a lot of talent, a lot of those guys coming through, <laughs> multiple sport athletes too. Um just is fun watching them fly around and have success. And then um, actually would have been my junior year. We went and when I was at Warburg, did a scrimmage or expedition game with uh, Iowa um, when mm -hmm. Mike was there too. And to your point about going all the way back to the draft and, and watching like him and Haluska and those guys like run up and down the floor at 60%. That was hundred percent faster than anybody else on our team could run was uh was pretty impressive yeah. and a lot a lot of fun to watch those were those were some fun teams at Iowa that he had an opportunity yeah. to be a part of as well oh that's awesome that's awesome 
Um, well, good, Coach. Um, Adam, I know you got, you got a couple more here, and then we got to get some rapid fire yet tonight. You got to have some fun here before we yeah, to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I got one more question just to close it out. You've mentioned a, a couple of them here, Coach, but uh, who are maybe one or two of uh, the mentors that played a, the biggest role in you and your coaching style or just you as a coach? Probably my college coach, um, Tommy Green, really did. He played a big role, but just honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but being around you guys at UNI, both, I mean, indirectly, it played a, a and growing up in Iowa where coaches got to coach. You have to coach your kids in Iowa just because, and I'm just being honest, a lot of times we don't possess the athleticism that some of the other states have. So you got to coach your teams up. And growing up in Iowa, I think we got some of the best high school coaches in the country for that reason. I really, truly believe that. Um, but just yeah, being around in Iowa and being around you and I and Iowa and Iowa State, who's always some of the best well-coached teams in the country. So that's, yeah, and a bunch of you two. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I hear that. I hear no, that. <laughs> no, but yeah, seriously, on a serious note, I mean, just be, growing up in Iowa, I mean, you have to be able to coach your kids up. I mean, when you're coaching against a Brad Bjorken or a McCowan or some of these people, you you have to you have to put your team in position and, and come with some type of strategy. If not, these guys will blow the doors off you. I mean, they will. Well, and I think too, to your point about those War Luis teams, is that yeah, you have to be able to coach, you gotta be able to execute, you have to be disciplined because everybody else is going to be able to do that. Yes. Um, yes. and so if you can do that and have some athletes, then it look out. Like that's where it really yes. starts to, you know what I mean? Like you put those two together, uh, now we're fighting yes. fire. But unfortunately, in high school, you just never know if you're gonna have those kind of athletes. If that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Nope, nope. And that's full circle to our conversation about you get to the next level. Now you have that. You have guys that yes. understand the game, yeah. know what's going on, have the athleticism, have yeah. the strength, and that's where it's that's where it becomes challenge. And that's where if yeah. we can get these sixth or fourth, fifth, sixth grade students start to understand like, hey, let's learn the game. Let's learn it the right way. Let's let you develop your skills. Let's let your strength come along. Um, you know, as opposed to, like you said earlier, just going straight from seventh grade to D1. And that's what intrigued me so much about the Johnson job is the fact that the feeder system is set up and is ran so well. And you're, you're able to implement um, some of your philosophy at such a young age um that that's to me is everything you know developing relationships with the younger kids and a sense of community and um those kinds of things so that's what that's probably one of the probably single most exciting things about the johnson job to me is the fact that we can reach yeah. kids at such a young age i mean we we talk about that all the time with with experienced coaches with you know, coaches who've been, been here, done that, that, that youth program is one of the biggest yes. keys to success. Um, in a, in a, yeah, in a high school program for sure. But, uh, yes. yeah, that's great to hear coach. And, um, you know, it's been awesome to learn a little bit more about you, learn a little bit more about your story and background. Um, we like to end our episodes with a little section called rapid fire. Uh, Brian's okay. going to hit you with a couple questions, some about sports, some not, um, you just let us know what comes to your head first. Gotcha. 
All right, Coach. Uh, first one we always lead with is your favorite visiting gym or arena you've had an opportunity to coach in? Probably the coach or playing. Oh, let's do both. If you got one of each, I, we will take one of each. We'd love to hear. The play in was when New Orleans Hornets, we, when we played, we were the first team to play in the New Orleans, when New Orleans first got the franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, in New, the New Orleans Hornets. That was probably one of the best venues that, that I, that I played in when I was in college. That's cool. Um, but for coaching, I like the old gyms. I do. Um, I, I really, really do. I, I liked, um, I like Des Moines East. I do. Oh, I, I do. I, I like it. It's, it's not the prettiest gym in the world, but it's just, it's kind of a throwback. It reminds me of Fred J. Miller, Water Luis. So mm -hmm. it, it kind of gives me a comfort zone. Don't judge me, please. No, I, I love it. it. I, I, I get it. <laughs> I like the old gym. Some of these new gyms, like especially Johnson, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But it's nothing like an old-fashioned when you see that brick. Uh, um, and it, those shooters gyms, like Kennedy is another great place to play. Um, it's a shooters gym. You got that wall right behind the rim. It's something to say about that, you know? You're speaking our language. We are we're a hundred percent on board with these old gyms. I always say too, like you, the facilities have to be updated, like the locker rooms and some of the stuff. If we could just figure out a way to build them around the old gym, yes, you know yeah. what I mean. Yes, like, it, and the biggest thing to me with the the, the the old gyms don't have is they're not 94 feet, and then right. you go play mm -hmm. at a Johnston or Ankeny where it is 94 feet. I mean, it seems like you're running forever to the kids. Yeah. You know, it's quite the adjustment. So, yep. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, that's one of those things too. There's definitely, you can't, you can't get that smell and that vibe in these, uh, items like you had in some of those old ones, that's for sure. But, uh, um, right, I have to turn my phone off. No, you're good. Is there a game day routine or something that you have to do on game day that something changes in your schedule or something you have to make sure you do? Oh, definitely. I have to get a running. I got to run two to three miles to relax myself before the game. Um, and I don't eat a lot on game day. <laughs> that's, you know, I, that's... I, I try to burn a lot of, a lot of, cal a lot of carbs, um, not eat a lot, but I definitely got to get a run in to kind of calm me down a little bit on game day. That's a good one. We, yeah. we had another coach, Adam on who said he didn't eat on game day too. Yeah. I can't remember who can't it remember was, that but... either. Yeah, that's uh, which I get though too, man. You just gotta kind of get that run gotta in. Be light, gotta be light. That's right. Um, lot of lot of years, a uh, lot of years hooping. And so, what uh, what's your all time favorite basketball shoe? You got one here. I'm a, I'm a Hoosiers guy. I'm I'm a Hoosiers guy. So when it, it's one thing about basketball movies that I don't like is I don't like when the basketball play is not quality. Oh, I, I agree. And I thought Hoosiers yeah. was really, really good, especially being the time frame that it was made. I thought it was great. I'm a Hoosiers guy. That's that's nice. a good one. That, um, and I, yeah, I agree with you. Like whenever basketball, and it doesn't even necessarily for me, I'm a sports guy too, but like whenever the sport, it, the depiction is just not that good. It always drives me nuts. Like little things yeah. I'm like, yeah, like you have all into this movie and like, you you got the signal wrong. Like, never do that. Like, out of a timeout. Like all those little things. Like, I'm I'm the same way. So, um, who's your all-time starting five? 
Oh wow. Um oh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, um, Scotty Pippen at the three, uh, Shaq at the five, and Tim Duncan at the four. That's a good one. I don't we, think we've I don't think we've had Scotty on that. I don't on, think we've had Scotty on this. I just first. like Scotty because defensively I think he can guard anybody from the one through the four. I mm-hmm. think. Yep. Yep. I agree. I it feels like Scotty Scotty and even I mean more Scotty, but even a little Ku coach, it was like the first like positionless. Like was that start of that positionless basketball, you know, that now obviously every LeBron, every all those guys are. But those guys, their ability to kind of stretch the floor and be able to run anywhere, I think we probably took it for granted a little bit in the late late. Yeah, 90s no question watching. about it. Sorry, my setting has changed, guys. I know you couldn't see in my car, so it's got got kind of dark out here. I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're all, it's all good. Not a problem. A um, couple more, Coach. We'll get you out of here. But uh, who? So we talked about the journey. Who is the who's the best player that you ever played against? I would say Earl Watson at UCLA. Wow. Or yeah. Tinsley at Iowa State was pretty good. And, and I'm, when I say that, I'm thinking about guys that could defend and had great feet. Those two, to me, had the best feet. Jesus. Uh, Tinsley, Tinsley was, it, he, was, he, he could, man, he was a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just, he just, his feet never came together. He just was a wall and he never came out of his stance. You, you could do whatever and he still would be right there. That's good. Those are two good ones. Um, we just talked all this time about Duke, and no Dukey even got brought up. So I, I'm I'm down with that. I like it. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Um, do you have a do you have a do you have a go to basketball shoe? Like if if we could jump on StockX right now and get you any shoe you wanted, which one which one are you going to? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Kobe's, and I believe it was I, I can't remember. I think it's the Kobe Sixes. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm a low cut, I'm, even though I'm an old guy, the low cuts, I I I, I like them. I like them. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, Coach. I, the sixes are. I like the sixes too. Those are easily top three for me. So good choice there. Um, we get an opportunity. You know, we talked about Cedar Valley, and Adam and I get a get a time to go back every once in a while. But uh, what where's the secret the eating gem in waterloo where's where do we got to go where's the best place to to catch something good to eat over over in waterloo you know what is more so i'm, I'm a breakfast guy okay, okay. So um yeah. but we have a diner it's called morgues downtown waterloo the biggest yeah. pancakes and they, they i think the bacon comes from a farm and, and all that good stuff the eggs come from a farm so morgues is i highly recommend i want to say um, one of the presidents, a couple of presidents ate there when they came to visit. So I highly recommend it if you like breakfast food. All right. All right. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that's great, Adam. Uh, we, we haven't had a breakfast joint and I do love breakfast. So morgues added to the list. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we have a lot of Cedar Valley people that listen too. Um, actually, we, we've been talking about getting this list put together of all the mentions that we've had. So this is a good one. A good one to add. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, I highly recommend it. Well, good. We if got you it like, if you like breakfast food, it's only open, mm-hmm. I think, from five a.m. to two p.m. Because um, they don't serve dinner; they eat, it's just breakfast and lunch. Gotcha. Those are the best, though. <laughs> we had, we had in Waverly, we had Dell's Diner, 
that was kind of the same idea. Um, I think it's shut down yep. now, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you got to get up, got to get in there. You probably got to wait a little bit to get your table. A little bit. But, uh, it's, <laughs> it probably sits every bit of 20 people, but it's yep. worth the wait. It's worth the wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, coach, we'll get you, we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, what are you most excited about? And you kind of sort of answered this. So if you have something different, but what are you most excited about, about having the opportunity to now be the head coach for the Johnson Dragons? Um, the biggest, like I said, the biggest thing is, is, is the opportunity to work with, with, um, the younger, the youth. Um, I got a young son coming up too. Um, so I'm really excited to work with JBC, Johnson basketball club. Um, as well as the kid, the current kids there now. I mean, there's some talent there. I'll be honest, guys. I just got to make sure I get in there and we do the right things. But um, it's 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 a program that that could be good from top to bottom, and um, I'm excited about the opportunity. It's definitely going to be a challenge, but um, those few things there are really intriguing about the job. And we're excited to see where it takes, where where we go, and we're. We're, we're excited to follow along with uh, every step as well. And so we wish you the very best of luck here moving into this season and then in the head as well. We appreciate you taking some time and chatting with us and sharing some insights and some pretty awesome story reminiscing as well. And so best of luck here uh, this weekend as you guys head down to Norwalk the rest of the summer. And then once school starts up and you guys are in full swing, we'll be we'll be paying attention to the Dragons. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. You guys do an awesome job, too. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Great talking to you. All right. You guys have a good one.